0: This is Tim Tap, host of Tap into the Truth, that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Networks.
1: Command
2: codes verified.
3: Say, is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage, it's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border, and politicians build a new world over i are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made. Men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous response will not turn them to guts. for all we buy is made out of foreign shorts
0: Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and... Mostly peaceful host Tim Tap coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and we are indeed live tonight as we are broadcasting across the airwaves at WCET in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. We're powering over the internet worldwide on great digital platforms like The Last Frequency, like The ZMA Radio Network, of course, the K-Star Talk Radio Network, and last but definitely not least, Liberty Talk FM. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever you may be listening from, we are glad to have you here. Thank you so very much. Should be an interesting uh, Friday night as we are fighting all the gremlins and the technology. It's uh, that kind of a Friday. Uh, Poor Doug is absolutely pulling what little bit of hair he has left out of his head. That's why he had to put a hat on to try and help save it. (laughs) It's been something else in there. Uh, We're scheduled to be joined by Jared Knott a little bit later Going to have an interesting conversation with him. Uh, We have a focal point in hour one having a lot to do with how things would be had Trump been reelected. We'll be talking uh, along a similar vein uh, as we'll be asking the question of, Is Joe Biden the third term of Barack Obama with Scott McKay uh, in the second part of the first hour? And then in hour number two, we are scheduled to be joined by a friend of the show, uh, Mr. Ken Crow uh, from Crow's Nest Politics. Uh, We'll have uh, all that going on and a little bit more, I hope, (laughs) as we go through Friday. Before we do any and all of that, however, I need to start talking to you about some of the people that help make this show possible. And, of course, among them, in no small measure, our friends over at 4Patriot. So, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a while now that when things go sideways, you need to be prepared. and You have to ask yourself, will you be? Now, a lot of you out there are reasonably concerned that you might have to go for a long period of time without electricity or maybe even food. That's why... I keep trying to introduce each and every one of you to the fine folks over at 4Patriots. Get the preparedness products that you can use right now and that could literally save your life later. Now, my favorite for Patriot's uh, items are my Patriot Power Sidekick. Uh, it's an awesome little backup battery, and I-, I use it probably way more than I should uh, when I don't have to just because I like the thing so much. But uh, if you need more than that, I highly recommend you check out the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. Uh, that bad boy. It can keep your medical equipment going. It can keep your TV going. It can keep your lights on. It can keep your keep your refrigerator running plus it's expandable comes with a free solar panel that works to let you charge up if no other source of electricity is available or maybe you need to pick up some 4 Patriots best selling survival food kits delicious tasting food designed to last for 25 years but if you have folks in the house like I do good luck at keeping it for 25 years uh <laughs> the food is that good uh These kits, some of them, you know, depending on which kit you're looking at, you get everything from real meat to great desserts. And so if the power is out and you don't have your Patriot power generators uh, on standby, all you have to do is boil some water over a fire, simmer and serve. It's just good food. You'll enjoy a hot meal. You'll stay safe in a crisis. Don't just survive. Thrive. More smart people than ever are finding 4Patriots. Over 2 million customers, trust them. You might even have seen them on TV by now. Now, just so you know, I have had the folks over at 4Patriots set up a special page just for you guys, the listeners, of Tap Into the Truth. Uh, that, of course, being for patriotscom backslash T-A-P-P. You can go there, and you'll see all of this week's discounts and deals before they go away. That's 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. But hurry, the deals that are going to be listed there, they don't tend to last very long. Either you have a sales item and the sale comes to an end, or they sell out of the product and it might be a while before they can restock. Get peace of mind, go to the number 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, now our first guest of the evening is a gentleman that I have thought about reaching out to a few times in the past, and uh, scheduling never really opened up, and I I have to apologize uh, to uh, Jared about that because I should have made more time to talk to him sooner. I really should. Uh, He, of course, is a decorated combat infantry officer. He served in Vietnam, part of the 1st Air Cavalry Division, and he is the author of a book that's been around for a little bit and continues to be more poignant and more timely with each passing day. Uh, You, I hope, have already heard of it. It's Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, where he uh, actually mentions 39 tiny mistakes that literally changed the world forever. Uh, not only is that the tagline, but technically it's still part of the title itself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Jared Knott. Uh, Jared, first of all, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening, and uh, how are you today?
4: Doing fine, doing fine. Thank you very much. It's uh, It's an honor to be here.
0: Uh, well, the honor is mine to have you on, sir. I uh, certainly uh, want to thank you for your service to the country, uh, not just in the military, but everything you've done since, because uh, even just writing tiny blunders is a great service. And, of course, you continue to write. You've, uh, you've had published articles on a regular basis. You're unquestionably one of our uh, current thinkers of the age, one of the better thinkers, Uh have a couple of uh, focal points that we've been kind of kicking around right now. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the book uh, when we'll circle back, but I did want to address some of the things that would be different if Donald Trump had been reelected, if we didn't have – the age of Biden uh, currently going on, and I know that your military background and a lot of the history that you focused on in Tiny Blunders uh, really points to some of the things that might be drastically different. So uh, I tend to think we have two unnecessary wars going on right now is the way you yes. phrase it. Uh, yes. Would you, would you yes. care to elaborate on that?
4: Yes, you could make. Of course, no one knows for certain what would have happened. But you can make a pretty good argument that the both the war in Ukraine and the war in Israel the beginning of October the 7th, the major attack from Hamas, would not have taken place under uh, Donald Trump. Uh, talking about the attack on, on Israel first uh, under the Trump administration, they had put sanctions on Iran and the uh, greatly, greatly limited the amount of revenue coming into the country. Ninety percent of the petroleum revenue had been eliminated – Uh, Their cash reserves had fallen from over $100 billion all the way down to only $4 billion, causing a lot of unrest within the country. Uh, People marching in the streets, there's even talk uh, about uh, regime change and so on. Of course, their secret police were able to keep the uh, control of the country. But they had their hands full with keeping their own uh, population uh, in line, let alone taking tens of billions of dollars to invest in foreign adventurism, with uh, uh, spreading terrorism uh, throughout the middle east especially of course in this case uh, israel so uh, of course we don't again no one knows for certain but there's a very good chance they'd have been so hamstrung with the lack of funds that the attack could not have been financed the way it was and would not have taken place and the other of course thing in ukraine Mm -hmm. donald trump told uh, putin that he says and we have donald trump's word on this that if he had, uh, invaded Ukraine, that uh, the United States would bomb Moscow. I'm not sure if that's a bluff. I'm not sure if he's exaggerating. But clearly he was a very strong and dangerous legal from the standpoint of being uh, threatened by uh, Russia or by China. And so there was very little adventurism, in like I guess no adventurism during the Trump administration from Putin or from the Iranians or really from uh, China because he was a strong leader. Uh, it, history teaches one great few lessons that are very clear, and that is that weakness invites attack and strength repels attack.
0: Right. Yeah, I think also just kind of this unknown quantity that Trump represented, uh, all of these uh, actors on the world stage, all of the world leaders that would be encompassed in the discussion point, all they really had, as far as their knowledge, was Donald Trump's persona, and I don't think we had a, such a projection of strength with yet a kind of an unknown quantity since we had Ronald Reagan in the White House. And of course, world leaders then thought Ronald Reagan uh, really was this cowboy persona that he had played in the movies, and and they didn't want to risk it and take any chances there. Uh, a lot of people kind of underestimate. Uh, the behind-the-scenes politics that took place as the transition from Jimmy Carter during the Iran uh, Iran hostage crisis uh, was ongoing, and this transition to Ronald Reagan. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes going on where Ronald Reagan had been very bold and blunt, and again, I believe – Uh, that a lot of it may have been a bluff as well, but they didn't want to risk trying to call that bluff. So I I do think that you're probably playing uh, a a high probability game in making those assertions. Uh, I think that you tend to be correct. But I, I want to go even further to the fact that when Joe Biden made the unilateral decision to just Withdraw from Afghanistan, uh, everything else just be damned. Uh, It didn't matter how much of our equipment we left behind. It didn't matter how much money we were wasting. It didn't matter how many of our allies and how many people that had worked with us during the overthrow of the Taliban there that would be left behind and left in harm's way. In fact, it seemed like it didn't even matter how many American citizens were going to be left behind and in harm's way. Uh, That moment, when we were completely withdrawn, the entire world became a much less safe place uh, that's something that certainly would not have happened had Trump remained in office
4: and you're exactly right, and you touch on something too there's the actual physical uh, threat that they fear on one hand and then also the persona when they listen to Joe Biden speak uh, parole guy you know just fumbling around and of course badly as you point out, badly botched the situation. Uh, in, uh, in the withdrawal from uh, Afghanistan, uh, left $72 billion worth of equipment behind that could be used against us. That people saw that, and they saw someone that was weak, that was disorganized, that was incompetent, and it was just a green light to all the people who would uh, want to, uh, to threaten us. And I think that was uh, very encouraging to Putin uh, regarding uh, Ukraine, and also uh, encouraging to the Iranians in terms of sponsoring terrorism with Hamas. Uh, so he just put us in a very precarious situation, and uh, it was his weakness, and we have a dangerous ally, uh, dangerous enemies who want to attack, and, and here we are with two wars that maybe could have been avoided.
0: Is there anything else besides these uh, clearly very <laughs> – yeah, It's an endangering status for the entire world, but is there anything that you feel like is obvious that a lot of people just don't seem to talk about or maybe are willfully ignoring that you think would have been important and would have also been different?
4: Well, of course we don't – so much we don't know. It's not as though we have some kind of right. twist of all, but we, we know that there are a large or significant number of uh, people on the terror watch list coming into the United States. Now of course, uh, people who are uh, of that uh, ilk of that particular orientation don't want to be on the terror watch list. So there may be uh, 100, 200, 300, 500, who knows how many that are uh, dangerous individual uh, terrorists or potential terrorists who have come into the country. Uh, the, uh, Christopher Ray points out that we do have a very serious security risk. 9/11, of course, uh, took place uh, with just nine people. And we have hundreds of people coming into the country. Uh, we don't know who they are or where they are that are potential terrorists in addition to the uh, millions of other people coming in. So it's a, that in itself is a destabilizing and threatening uh, situation That is uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to or don't realize how dangerous it is for the country. Yeah.
0: Well, another great point, and and you're absolutely right. In fact, we seem to have close to half of the country out there that are actively trying to promote further endangerment when it comes uh, to all of these issues. But uh, stepping away from current politics and looking back at uh, the book, Tiny Blunders, Big uh, Disasters… it 's such an interesting concept, I know we we all get together and we like to talk about the what ifs in fact, you know uh-huh. you look around popular culture uh, focuses on things like time travel movies and and short stories uh-huh. and science fiction stuff. They always love playing the what ifs the alternate yeah. history kind of things, but what you 've done is you you've delved into history and you 've uh, found some situations where the tiniest of events just manifests in huge me- in huge measure uh, as the trickle-down effect or the butterfly effect, as some folks still right. like to say, uh, comes into play. What made you decide that you wanted to pursue this as a book idea in the first place? Because uh, it's been out since 2020, uh, and it seems almost – more timely now when we look at these situations. But but what brought you into uh, deciding that this was something you wanted to write about?
4: Yes, well, I tell people it was inspired, at least in part, by the old uh, adage that comes down to Benjamin Franklin, that for one of the nail, the shoe was lost, for one of the shoe, the rider was lost, one of the rider, the battle was lost, for one of the battle, the empire was lost, the empire was lost, all for the want of a nail. And that's a nice old saying. But how often does that really happen, that a single tiny mistake causes an entire empire to collapse? Well, 39 times. (laughs) Actually, it's more than that, because I'm hard at work on the sequel, and it's amazing how many times in history this mistake, that mistake, I'm just finishing up uh, working on the sequel, I'm just finishing up a chapter on the Bismarck, and there was several different uh, mistakes made, both by the Germans and the British, that had a huge, huge impact. On the outcome of that very famous uh, sea battle, the breaking of radio silence, made made a huge, huge difference there. But yeah, there are many, many uh, examples. But let me give you, if you like, uh, an example. from This is kind of like the first one I thought of way back when, when I first had the conception of the book. But this one, uh, this teaser for this one is uh, a single piece of tape rotated several inches the wrong direction, changed the outcome of the Vietnam War. The United States might very well have won, except for this single tiny mistake, which doesn't make any sense, right? Now, a piece of tape, what the heck are we talking about? But uh, it has to do with the Watergate break-in. When the, uh, break-in into the complex, uh, they uh, jimmied the lock from the, the parking garage into the main office building, and they were told to hold the striker on the door down with a piece of tape in the vertical position, but they made a mistake, and they put it in the horizontal position. Uh, so when Frank Wills, the night watchman, came walking down the hall, he saw the tape on the door face. Well, what is this? Well, the door's been jimmied, okay? So he calls the Washington, D.C. police. There was a strong rumor that when he contacted the uniform officer who was on duty at that time there in that part of Washington, D.C., he was, uh, could not answer the call because he was intoxicated in a local bar, okay? But then they had to call instead the uh, the bum patrol has three officers dressed as hobos and a jalopy car where well, they pull up to the Watergate complex. They're not recognized as police officers. And so uh, the lookout does not warn uh, James McCord and the Cuban operatives on the inside that here come the police where well, they come in and they arrest James McCord and the Cuban operatives. Uh, that's the beginning of Watergate. Watergate starts to explode, starts to starts to tumble. One disaster after another after another. And Henry Kissinger gave a a speech on television, an interview on television, and he said that the plan was, they knew the North Vietnamese were going to be testing the treaty. And so the plan was, when they started violating the treaty, to go in there and bomb the daylights out of them again uh, in North Korea, as they did to get them to sign the treaty in the first place. But the administration was so weak politically, they couldn't. And so uh, South Vietnam collapsed, uh, Nixon administration Mm -hmm. collapsed, it all fell apart because of a single piece of tape <clears throat> turned several inches the wrong direction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that definitely uh, qualifies as a tiny blunder. But wow, the the impact. I, and you know that's just one of the examples that uh, is in the book. I, I'd like to to kind of find out when you started working on the outline. When you started deciding which particular historical facts you were going to include, what stories you were going to tell. Uh, Delving into the research I mean this seems like the kind of uh, thing that uh, you could almost get lost in the research, uh, uh, the levels of some of these stories but in that prospect obviously you whittled them down because you became familiar with the stories but after you got into researching, did you come across anything that still really just wowed you, that shocked you, surprised you, that something you didn't expect uh, that was a, an aspect of the story?
4: Yes, uh, this one, a lot of them were things I remember reading from 20, 30, 40, uh, 50 years ago that begin to think about it would come to my mind and so on and so forth. But the one that I discovered just from research, and so uh, the original inspiration was from a great book called uh, 1919 by uh, Professor McMillan from the University of Toronto. But it uh, if this had not been for this single small mistake made by Woodrow Wilson back uh, at the time of the Versailles Peace Treaty in 1919, uh, it's a very serious chance that, that China could be a democracy today instead of the communist dictatorship that it is. Now, I'll give you kind of the nutshell version, but uh, at the end of World War One, uh, the uh, Allies, of course, uh, uh, were dividing up the spoils. Uh, as the victors, and everybody wanted their piece of the of the action, wanted their piece of the pie. The Chinese had sent 100,000 workers over to uh, to Europe to dig trenches. They felt they deserved some respect and some uh, uh, some consideration. Uh, the Japanese had defeated the Germans on the, in the Pacific Ocean, and they had uh, taken over the uh, German uh, concessions on mainland China. They wanted two things. The Japanese wanted two things. They wanted a statement. Of uh, racial equality that all people of the world should be treated equally in terms of their rights, in terms of their uh, acceptance, in terms of respect from the laws of all nations. Uh, and that was very important to them. The other thing they wanted was to be able to, able to keep the uh, German concessions on mainland China. Well, uh, there was a, a lot of pressure from uh, a prime minister named Billy Hughes down in Australia against that statement of uh, human equality. There's also pressure from the senators in the western United States uh, against the statement of racial equality, both somewhat for the same reason. They were afraid that uh, Asians immigrating into Australia and immigrating into California and Oregon would uh, lower the wages of their constituents of the workers there in the workforce, and so they were opposed to that statement. And uh, for economic reasons, and you might also say for racial uh, reasons of racial bias. Well, uh, the, most, most of the nations there uh, at the uh, Peace Treaty uh, Conference were uh, willing to give Japan its uh, what it was asking for. But Woodrow Wilson, because he needed the votes of those Western senators to try and get his League of Nations bill passed, he caved in uh, to President Billy Hughes and also from the senators. By the way, he did not get along with Billy Hughes very well. He called... Uh, Billy Hughes, a pestiferous varmint, because he was kind of an irritable, head-butting kind of individual. But nevertheless, he gives in to the request of the exhibitors, and the Japanese are told, no, you cannot have this statement of racial equality, but to kind of balance that out, we will give you the concessions on the Chinese mainland. Well, now, remember, Wilson's 14 points. Uh, one of their main themes of the 14 points was that uh, was uh, local determination that uh, countries should not would not be allowed to impose colonies on top of other nations. Well, this was a point blank violation of his uh, 14 points. And uh, the dates are important. It was announced on May 3rd, 1919, that the Japanese were going to be allowed to take over the German concessions. On May 4th, protests all across China. And that was the beginning of the May 4th movement. Uh, And there was a Chinese nationalist who expressed it this way. He said, we believed in Woodrow Wilson and the Western democracies. And then we decided that they were all great liars. Okay, so they reject Woodrow Wilson. They reject the Western democracies. And coming out of Russia at that time was a new philosophy called communism. So it took a number of years, but Mao Zedong took over the May 4th movement. Uh, took over the communist movement and they embraced communism, and eventually Mao Zedong, uh, Mao Zedong, uh, Mao Zedong was, uh, communism took over all of China. But if it had not been for that mistake by Woodrow Wilson in uh, uh, not making the statement of racial equality and doing the, giving the sop to the Japanese, it's very possible that China would have continued to embrace democracy and the Western democracies of Woodrow Wilson, and they'd be a democracy today. India's a democracy. South Korea's democracy, Japan's a democracy, it could be that China would have been a democracy. also just imagine how different the world would be if we had a democratic China.
0: Wow. That is amazing. And, you know, it's again, just a few examples that are in the book. So everybody, uh, please go check it out. Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. Jared, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Before we go, please let everybody go
4: to tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. Tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. That's my website. You have two and a half free chapters. I uh, put some book trailers there. it's a lot of fun. I'm sorry for interrupting.
0: Uh, no, actually all I was going to say is please let everybody know where they can find your work and, and if you're inviting people to follow you on social media anywhere, please let them know your handles and what platform what platforms they can look for you on as well.
4: they sure can where well, they go to com, and you'll see all that uh, right there
0: all right uh, again thank you so much for joining us uh keep up the great work i'm looking forward to the uh sequel and uh hopefully we can get together and talk again sometime soon
4: i appreciate it very much i enjoyed it i certainly did
0: all right thank you very much ladies and gentlemen that was mr jared not and again check out the book it's a lot of great interesting stuff i i've I've been thumbing through. I I just got my copy literally just a few hours before the show uh, when I had to order it, Uh, and I was embarrassed I hadn't already had a copy. Like I said, it's been out since uh, 2020, uh, and it's a great book. There will be links in the show description if you're listening to the podcast afterwards. And before we go to break… I need to go real quick and say, hey, guys, it's holiday season. And if you've been waiting for a great deal on one of my favorite pieces of gun gear, then you need to check out the special holiday promotion being operated right now over by Vanish Holsters. They're doing this great deal where you can buy any one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount and get a second one for 50% off the already low discounted price. Perfect if you want to own and use the world's most comfortable holster and give one to a friend or family member as a holiday gift. Now, I promise you, you're going to love the holster. Uh, It's going to be you're going to love it more than any other holster you may own. I promise you, because you just it's so great to carry. It's phenomenal. Absolute comfort. And it's so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing it. That's why they call it the Vanish Holster. It's a revolutionary holster. It fits 99% of semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions. And it lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines to go with. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee. If you don't love it, you can get your money back. Hassle-free return policy. Great stuff. It is a holiday deal, though, so don't wait till it expires before you check it out. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. It lets them know I sent you, and it automatically activates that $40 discount that will still work along with the buy-one-get-free uh, buy-one-get-one-half-off price. Um trying to away They're going to be sending me uh, an invoice to pay for some of these folks' orders at that rate. It's buy one, get one half off. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. We'll be back right after this. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap into the Truth.
5: My fellow americans it is not immoral for us sovereign of citizens to put the united states interest first also on today's page from the notebook brought to you by constitutional grounds the coffee you want in your cup when i look at the overall struggle between those who do not properly value our republic and strive to put foreign interests above our national security and those who understand and appreciate the concept of a strong prosperous united states which of course leads to a much higher probability of a good life for us and our families I am reminded of a great book I read in high school called The Virtue of Selfishness by Ayn Rand. In her book, Ms. Rand fully explained the importance of first looking out for yourself, your family, your home, and your nation. She spelled out the need for people, particularly Americans, to work first to be the best they can be as a person in all facets of life, so that when the needs of others are presented, you are in a much better position to help them. Thus, it is not only foolish, but destructive. Do not rationally set out to build up and protect the sovereignty of our republic. In fact, it is immoral for the government to place the interest of foreign invaders above we, the people who, through over taxation, are paying for that government. I'm Ron Edwards.
2: (laughs) Beanstalks is designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstock does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside For your own retirement, Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do.
5: Constitutional Grounds, the hot-air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot-air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional grounds, the coffee you
3: want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akkurey, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemo Cost Plus World Market, H-E-B in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat? When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help
1: millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition My Pillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe cusset. It has four custom moth levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back
0: guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code T-A-P-P or call 1-800- 659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code T-A-P-P. From all of us here at my pillow Thanks,
3: America.
6: hi this is Matt Fitzgibbons of Patriotmusic.com if you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our Republic great and you like rock music check out my five albums and videos on American history at patriotmusic.com
3: gun is using both hands I gotta be free the way God made
0: damn you You're listening to tap into the truth. Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you for staying with us through that very brief break. It's my honor to get to speak to you on Friday nights live. And, of course, whenever we get together and do the show, I greatly appreciate your willingness to listen. It means a lot to me. Uh, right now, uh, in case you're concerned about our current economic status, uh, you probably should be. So uh, that's part of why you probably also ought to give my friends over at Harvard Gold Group a little phone call, you know, give my gold company a call because if you've been thinking about gold – and you don't understand how physical gold can diversify and protect your hard-earned wealth, these folks are the right people to call. Uh, they will work with you. They have a five-star rating across the board from the Better Business Bureau. They make it easy to buy and easy to sell. They have a low-price guarantee, and some of their special promotions, they offer up to a $15,000 promotional free gold and silver with qualifying purchases, just give them a call for a free investor's guide. Whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or you want to have gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. And ask for that Investors' guide, and don't forget to mention promo code TAP—that's T A P P—or you can just visit them at HarvardGoldGroup.com. Again, mention T A P P when you talk to them. Uh, you really don't want to miss out on that opportunity. All right, that's enough of that business right there. I mean, we love the guys over at uh, Harvard Gold Group, but you're not here to hear me talk about the sponsors of the show. You're here. Hear from the guest. And our next guest is on the line waiting, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about the publisher of The Hayride, the award winning culture and politics site that covers Southern and national current events. And I always love talking to a fellow Southerner. Uh, He's also a gentleman that has a new book upcoming Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. So, Mr. Scott McKay. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Tim, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, let's jump right in with the new book. Uh, uh, Obviously, uh, you're talking about uh, a lot of the themes that generally run through the Democratic Party as a whole, but these are themes that have been used almost to the point of becoming tropes. But we see this whole new level where uh, race relations in particular seem to have – really gotten about as good as one could expect with still a little more work to do until Barack Obama was elected. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody ripped a a scar, a scab right off of a a long festering uh, issue and reignited the flames of division, which, of course, is part of the electoral strategy for some of these folks. But uh, at this point, we're literally setting through what looks like uh, a third Uh, term for Obama as so many of Obama's people are working in the Biden uh, administration and a lot of the policies seem to be the same policies that were being pursued but almost as if they're on steroids Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and make the presumption that a lot of that was the starting point that pushed you into writing the new book well indeed
6: Um, you know it's funny because Here's a guy who was president from uh, from 2009 to January of 2017, uh, and we're still talking about him seven years later. And it's everybody that I run into, a, you know, talking about this book is like, "Hey, this is a really timely book." And it, you know, you would think that's really weird, right? A guy who hasn't been president for seven years is is all of a sudden like a. Very, very timely topic, of, you know, which I guess is good news for me, but it's not particularly good news for the country because, as you noted, uh, the policies of the Biden administration, which are, you know, the Biden administration is essentially the Obama Redux administration. Uh, what they really represent is a metastasization of things that the Obama administration did. I mean, uh, practically everything from – you know, the, our, our, our resumption of coddling of the Iranian mullahs to, uh, you know, our, our rather subservient attitude toward China to, uh, you know, things like DEI and ESG being foisted on American commerce, which, you know, I, like all of the ESG stuff and the climate change stuff and everything, you can go all the way back to Solyndra on that, right? Um, And you mentioned race, Uh, Obama pulled off one of the greatest bait-and-switch acts in American political history, uh, in that his value proposition back in 2008 was that electing him president was going to finish off this racial stuff once and for all. Because how can a country be racist if it's willing to elect a black guy president? Um, And no sooner did he take office then, you know, the case was dropped against the new Black Panthers and you had the Skip A- Skip Gates incident, which uh, you know, ended up in, in the beer summit. You had uh, you know, the the Pigford cases where they uh you know they, they basically were gonna give away money to uh everybody who had even thought about farming in America was black. Uh then there was Trayvon Martin, there was Eric Garner, there was Michael Brown, there was Alton Sterling, you know, and of course you know that leads to George Floyd, which was sort of the granddaddy of all of these incidents that inflamed uh, the country along racial lines, every one of which the facts, as they were finally known, made sort of a dubious case uh, out of these things that were so inflammatory. But you know, none of it was organic. It was all contrived and executed. and that that's one of the key themes of the book. Uh, is how, you know, strings are pulled behind the scenes to make the implausible reality.
0: Uh, And it it almost seems to me like in every one of the cases you mentioned in particular, that there was a concerted effort to choose the heroes of their story, uh, who were obviously not heroic figures, when you looked at them uh, through the lens of reasonable uh daylight shining on them and we're going to talk about who they were and how they got into the situations they were in and i think that was by design because then they could turn around and say that anybody who was willing to point that out well see they're racist they're part of the problem that just proves right. our point and then everybody is subject to falling victim to the race card again that had up until that point almost lost all of its power because Most people that were being called racist had been called that for so long it had become almost a badge of honor and almost nobody paid attention to it anymore and it reinvigorated that part of the fight. But it really still drives a point home, and I'm glad you're pointing this out uh, in the book and you you pointed it out before in a lot of your uh, other works, but uh, it still comes down to the fact that the same playbook – That has been around for a while is still being used and that there is still an intentional management of the decline of America. And right now it's on fast forward. And I think partially because Donald Trump inadvertently proved that in a short amount of time with a little bit of effort, you can undo a lot of the uh, damage that the so-called progressives have done to the country uh, thanks to their – Uh, incrementalism, their patience, their 100-year strategy, Uh, you proved that you could undo a lot of that damage in a short time. So now they're realizing if they want to get us to that tipping point, they have to start pushing a lot harder, a lot faster, and make it harder for anybody to come behind them and clean up the mess.
6: Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, America is a super resilient country, um, and, and it tends to heal itself fairly well when you know, the people who are who are damaging it just stop doing damage, um, and, and I, that that had been, I think, made very clear uh, when Reagan was president. Um, I think it was, uh, I think it was clear to a, a very large extent when uh, Newt Gingrich and his crew took the House back over in 1994, um, and you know Bill Clinton went from being a a very damaging president the first two years that he was in office, uh, you know, to kind of flourishing a little bit with the new reality um, of a Republican Congress that really hamstrung the kind of uh, hard left stuff that that his people wanted to do. The, the problem with the Obama faction is that, you know, they don't believe in the ebb and flow of politics. You know, they believe in tying that pendulum on you know on one side so it's not able to swing back you know and you you saw that with the abuse of the irs to destroy the tea party movement um and and with you know the weaponization of federal agency after federal agency and the you know the wholesale use of every you know shooting that could be monetized politically uh as a non-stop campaign for gun control, and 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 more than that, the Fast and Furious case, uh, which was, you know, I, I mean, like walking guns across the border to, to drug cartels in hopes that, you know, you would you'd stir so much murder and mayhem that you could then blame it on the gun manufacturers. And, of course, that blew up in their face, and Congress, you know, uh, uh, put it under the microscope, but then you see the Obama administration's complete intransigence I mean uh, oh, you know Eric Holder was found in contempt of congress over that and they basically gave congress the middle finger over it and nothing happened um and you know like uh, we can play this out uh writ large in the biden administration with the level of contempt that uh that this same team has shown toward this congress so i you know I, like you can see these patterns running through from you know, the time Obama took office to today, um and it's you know it's it's very much an a third term of Obama. You could make the argument you know, with apologies to uh, folks who are supporters of Donald Trump. You could make the argument that it's actually the fourth term of Obama because of the shadow government deep state type operation that was being run when Trump was president, you know. Um, and, and the, the intelligence community that was politicized and weaponized against him. And the, you know, the Mueller investigation and all of these you know, things that were going on behind the scenes to try to thwart Trump uh, as he was trying to roll back the things Obama had done. So I, you know, these things are <laughs> – you know, there, there's some very consistent patterns that run through uh, Obama's two terms and now Biden's term uh, and, and really the last 15, 16 years as a whole. And they're, you know, they're all disturbing. Um, but you know, to, uh, to know a thing, you have to name it. And, and that's one of the, you know, the main impetus uh, or the main impetus for this book.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that you tend to pay a little more attention than the average citizen, uh, to the body politic because, you basically earn a big chunk of your living uh reporting on it, talking about it, discussing it. But in the process of doing the research for the new book, was there anything you came across that still completely took you off guard, something you didn't expect to find uh, that just every American needs to know?
6: Well, you know, um that's hard to answer because I remember railing against this stuff nonstop when he was in office, (laughs) right? But, uh, you know, I mean, I got started as a conservative blogger in 2009, right? It was like toward the end of Obama's first year in office. Um, So I was involved in all of this stuff at the time. But doing the research, what struck me was – Not so much the events that happened while Obama was president, but how current those those things turned out to be, because there was, you know, a further progression of them evident in the Biden administration. Um, You know, and and if if you believe that personnel is policy, uh, the research that we did into the current members of the Biden administration and how just. Almost unanimous, uh, it was that these were all a bunch of Obama retreads um, that were filling these positions, Um, and you know, and were people that were really the more radical Obama folks uh, uh, that were that were moving up in the Biden administration and had you know more uh, responsibility and 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 the higher profile, Um, you know, and so the the. The ironclad connection between Team Obama and Team Biden such that they're the same team uh, was really the, the, the thing that struck me more than anything else. Um, and that, that was when I really became convicted at the idea that, look, you know, the power behind the throne uh, is the guy who lives in that mansion in Calorama, which, as I will point out, okay, makes Obama the first ex-president to choose to live in Washington, D.C. Everybody else got the heck out of there, and this guy stuck around. I mean, Woodrow Wilson stayed in D.C., but that was because he was a stroke patient and they couldn't move him. You know, Barack Obama went and bought a house and stuck around, and there's, you know, limousines taking people to come see him every single day. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, when, when he went to the, uh, the White House that time, there was very little question who was the boss.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I do think it's telling, and I was going to bring it up if you hadn't, you know, previously, uh, once your time in office had come uh, to an end, you got out of the way for the next person, deciding to stay right. showed every intention that you were planning on still being very involved. Uh, that right. Real quick, uh want to throw out just a couple of quick questions before we start uh, wrapping up. Uh, does Joe Biden make it through to being the Democratic nominee? And if not, who do you think uh, the Dems tap?
6: Well, you know, I've thought for a while that there was no way that they could pull this off again uh, with him. Um, and, of course, a week or so ago, David Axelrod, who is every bit the mouthpiece of Barack Obama, no. pops off about how Joe Biden needs to get out, right? Right. Uh, which look that when he says that publicly, that is a message from on high. And you know, Biden called Axelrod a, a dirty name in response. Um, but I mean, it's pretty clear, and you can see it in the polls where Trump, in in all these swing states, is opening up a little bit of a lead on Biden. Um, You know, like they have a problem continuing this machine with him as the front man. They have an even bigger problem in that there is no marketable heir apparent if Michelle Obama is not willing to take it on. And it's very clear that she's not. You know, she doesn't like the work, um, and you can't tell her what to do. So they have a problem there. She's the most marketable surrogate for Obama that's out there. And they might get stuck with Kamala Harris, which, you know, and this is another sort of uh, uh, characteristic of Team Obama, which is that they're not trying to persuade anybody and they don't care what you think. Like you may think it's implausible for them to run Kamala Harris, uh, but they'll do it because they have confidence that that machine will turn out as many votes as it needs to make her president and they don't care what you think and if we had more time i could give you lots of examples to prove that mentality out Um, but this is not like a normal political party or faction where somebody in the room says wait a minute we can't do that the voters will kill us if we do these guys never think in those terms and i'll just get like i'll just make a reference that you'll understand Uh, a normal political party or faction would not dream of making Richard Levine the number 2 guy at HHS. You know, these guys do it as a as a show of of power and and will that you know, they'll force this down your throat. So, they may very well force Kamala Harris down everybody's throat. I don't know if it'll work, but I don't think that they have any qualms about doing that
3: at all
0: i'm afraid you're probably right uh, they certainly haven't uh, shied away from it in any facet before uh you know scott thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, real quick please let everybody know where they can find the book feel free to share any websites that you want to throw out there and as long as you're inviting anyone to follow you on social media if you are feel free to throw out your handles and which platforms folks can find you on
6: Sure thing. Um, well, you know, obviously the, the 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 granddaddy of all the sites that I'm involved with is the Hayride, uh, and I'm at the Hayride on on uh, on X, uh, formerly Twitter. Uh, so go to the thehayride.com and you'll find our our uh, Louisiana and Texas and Southern stuff there. I've got a, a newer website that covers uh, national politics uh, called Reviver.com. That's R V I V R. And obviously you can catch my stuff at uh, the American Spectator, which is spectator.org. I write a column three days a week on that. But before you do anything else, you should go to Amazon uh, and uh, search for Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's all Obama. Uh, The book is available on Tuesday, uh, is the publication date. But you can pre-order it right now uh, at at Amazon, also at Barnes & Noble Books, a million Calamo Books, uh, website and and uh, and uh, pretty much everywhere else that you get books. Um, it's a great book. The reviews on it already from the folks that have seen it have you know have been very enthusiastic. And it's super timely because, you know, it's a book about Obama, but it's not a history book because all of the stuff that went on in those two terms is going on right now. And to understand where we are in this country, Uh, this thing is an invaluable resource for that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Certainly looking forward to the release date. That will be November 21st, boys and girls, in case you're uh, not paying close enough attention to your calendars. Be a great Thanksgiving or Christmas gift for the folks you know need it. Again, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Hope we can get together uh, sometime real soon and continue the conversation.
6: Anytime, Tim. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend.
0: You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Scott McKay, and uh, it is time to reset the hour and uh, don't go anywhere, guys. We'll get started again right after this brief break. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. I know you're right there
3: somewhere, 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 I know I'll find you somehow, and somehow I'll reach again.
0: This is Tim Tap, host of Tapp into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Network. to change Gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here as we slide headlong into hour number two of the Friday Night Live show. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed the ride so far. A couple of great guests. I think there were some pretty good and interesting conversations, too. I don't mind tooting my own horn a little bit, but as you know, that's not me. It's the guest. Thank you for being here. Before we jump into uh, our next segment, as we are scheduled to be joined by the purveyor of the Crow's Nest Politics website, uh, friend of the show, great patriot Ken Crow. Uh, I got to take care of a little housekeeping business. Uh, our friends over at Four Patriots—they're there for you when things go sideways. You should. Make every effort to be prepared. Now, right now, there's a lot of people out there that are rightfully concerned that they might have to go a long time without electricity or even food. And that's a big part of why I'm happy to get to introduce a lot of you uh, listeners to the Four Patriots family. You really should get some preparedness products that you can use right now if you so choose, but that could literally save your life later if, you know, those things go sideways we were talking about. Now, for Patriots, they've got everything from solar generators to award-winning, best-selling survival food kits. We're talking about delicious food designed to last 25 years, but again – my girls, I can't keep them out of them. They, they love it. Is Any excuse they've got, oh, well, you know, uh, we would have to cook for an hour. Or we could open up this uh, survival food cake and say, like, guys, stop getting in the stash. That's for emergencies. This is an emergency, Dad. <laughs> and the worst part is my kids are adults now. And they're still coming <laughs> and eating my food. Uh something I'm sure a lot of you parents can deal with. Here's, here's the deal whether you're talking about having to be in a crisis situation or whether you're talking about just having a solar powered outdoor lamp or uh, like doug was showing here in the control room they're great products at typically great prices and some of the more high dollar values uh, items they have payment plans available all well worth checking out but I had folks over at 4Patriots set up a special page for you guys, the listeners of Tapping to the Truth. Go to 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, that way you can see all of this week's discounts and deals before they go away. Whether we're talking about items that they have temporarily on sale or items that they're uh, kind of running on low uh, volumes, uh, the, the inventory is getting kind of low – um, what are you gonna do? Oh yeah, uh, you're gonna run out if you don't order them quickly. So, go to 4 backslash tapp. Hurry, deals won't last long for the very reasons I just mentioned. Either the sales will expire, or they're gonna run out of the product, and it might be a while before they restock. Save more, get peace of mind, buy survival products at. The number four, patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, enough of that for now. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, A man who doesn't need an introduction, but I will give him one anyway. He's the purveyor of crow's nest politics, as well as currently working on a presidential campaign that might surprise you uh, if you're a conservative and trying to talk to conservatives, especially if you follow his career. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Ken Crow. Ken, thank you so much for coming back on with us. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: Well, we are doing incredible, incredible, Tim. I want to continue your advertising here for a minute and tell you, Four Patriots is great for gifts. The reason I know this is my mother has been sending us a tub of this survival food about (laughs) once a month. I now have a pile of these tubs. I think it's 90 days in each tub in my garage. And I keep getting about one a month delivered by UPS. So there you go, folks. If you're running out of Christmas gifts for people, ideas, hit four patriots and uh buy somebody a tub of food (laughs) (laughs) anyway thought you'd find that amusing
2: but it's the god's
1: (laughs) honest truth (laughs) Uh,
0: well you know you can't go wrong with it they've got a lot of other great items that make uh for good gift ideas too yeah
1: i know but if you got somebody out there that's got one of everything There you go. There's something you could buy for Christmas that they probably don't have. So there you go. (laughs) Anyway.
0: All right, Ken. How are Uh, you? (laughs) In the first half of our conversation, Ken, I I wanted to discuss some of the current uh, politics. And then in the uh, second half, I wanted to talk uh, presidential campaigning, because I know you're uh, heavily involved with uh, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s uh, campaign efforts And uh, of course, Nikki Haley made a bit of a misstep. I definitely want to talk about that a little bit with you, as well as the other current on the ground things. But uh, I kind of wanted to start off with Joseph Biden Robinette Jr. signing – the continuing resolution uh, so that uh, we don't have to face cringe, scary, a government shutdown. Uh, this whole system, the whole thing from start to finish, the new Speaker of the House having to rely on Democrats to to push this uh, continuing resolution to get it out of the House. The Senate having no problems at all passing it because they know they get to continue Nancy Pelosi level spending. Uh, of course – Biden's going to be a little whiny that he didn't get all the money he wanted to send to Ukraine, but as long as the government keeps going into the holidays, they're happy about it. Uh, it it's disgusting to me that not only did we see the very thing that Kevin McCarthy was going to do basically get broken up into two pieces and. Uh, A lot of uh, conservatives are saying that it's a much better deal when it's essentially the same thing. But then we've also seen this de-evolution of the party to the point that they're looking a lot like clowns this past week, not able to get along, getting into physical altercations with one another. uh, Oh, my (laughs) God. it's no one every time it seems like the republicans have a chance to t- actually govern and make the point of how much better the party would be if they focused on uh, principles of course they do this instead so what's your take on our f- path to this continuing resolution
1: well what here's the deal with that johnson got scared because Every time in the past, you know, it happened with Reagan, it happened with Bush, it happened, I mean, going all the way back. But it seems like every couple of years we get into this deal where, no, we're not going to have a budget. We're just going to shut the government down. You know, the Republicans do that. We're just going to shut the rep, And they get whitewashed. I mean, just absolutely whitewashed by the Democrat Party paint them as obstructionist and there's never I mean the press feed they love they love 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 it when the Republicans even breathe the words we're gonna we're we're gonna force a shutdown and then they get on there and they start showing all the you know the news clips of this poor and battered family the kids are going hungry because mom got laid off her government job and I mean, it just goes from bad to worse. And that's what Johnson was looking at. You know, we're going to get killed in the media. And here we're going into an election cycle. And it's going to be evil Republicans are causing a quarter of a million government employees to go hungry at Christmas time. And they couldn't afford it. He had to do it. He had to roll over. He didn't have any choice. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I mean, the one thing that a lot of folks really don't get is that the majority in the House is so thin, and probably about to become a little bit thinner because uh, this George character in New York that's been, you know, yeah, less than above board. I will say in a diplomatic fashion, of course, he's an outright yeah. criminal. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's really hard. Oh, To get anything pushed through. There's very limited power. Not a lot of change can happen. Controlling the purse strings is literally the only power they have. And they would have to maintain the entire caucus together. And that's something that we haven't seemed to been able to do either. So I I don't fault him with having to go down this route especially at this point in time, as long as he follows through with his promise and saying that this is the last time we're going to do this, we're going to get into the fight, we're going to start getting some conservative uh, values indicated. But my real question still on this topic, though, what has changed so much from the days of – you know, Newt Gingrich as the speaker, uh, the new contract with America, the we're not afraid to shut down the government, if that's what it takes to bring Bill Clinton to the table. And we went from this uh, federal government that literally was en route to becoming more destructive than any force we had seen to that time, and probably still the only uh, administration that holds a candle to the direction Clinton was going in then is the current Biden administration. Uh, he's far surpassed it, but it seemed to work. Uh, Newt Gingrich did America and Bill Clinton a favor because Bill Clinton, when he did come to the table, he, he knuckled under, uh, he was able to take credit for an age of prosperity that really belonged to Newt Gingrich and the Republicans that were controlling the House at the time. But what exactly has changed since then and today? Uh, is it just the media?
1: It's it, well it's a combination of the media but the what the media has done and what the Democrat Party has done is drag a good portion of America back toward the left to some degree there, there are a lot more I mean people today seem to be a lot more tolerant. Uh, imagine I, this is going to be a horrible example of what i'm trying to describe but it's it's spot on let's take gay pride parades do you think in 1963 you would have seen gay pride parades in this nation with naked men dancing down the street performing sex acts and things like that do you think you would have seen that in 1963 or even 73 for that matter
5: But today is
1: commonplace and it's routine. And and it's because America's morality and our willingness to stand on principle has been weakened. Our society as a whole, our moral compass has been dramatically weakened in this country. And that's why you're seeing a lot of this. That's why people are saying, well, now you have a uniparty because the Republican Party is afraid to stand up to the Democrats because they get hammered. They don't know how to market their ideas correctly. They don't know how to sell a position anymore. Newt Gingrich was on Nightline. You probably, I don't know if you remember the old Nightline show with Ted Koppel, but he was on there nearly every night. He was on that show all the time. Selling and pushing the agendas of the Republican Party, and he was on talk. This was prior to Fox News even, and he was out selling this stuff daily, and he was in the media every day talking about it, talking about the pro- the promise to America, the ten points of uh, the oath that he made to the American people, and we don't have that anymore because politicians today are too afraid of losing their position. And so they sell out. They they roll over because they're afraid they won't be reelected if they say this. They're afraid if they won't be reelected if they vote for this or push this in front of the news cameras.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it sounds to me like you hit two very serious prongs Uh, That might not be the entirety, but probably the two biggest, uh, number one being the moral compass of the nation, and I think you're absolutely right, and that's going to be the next topic we're going to kind of lean in on. But also uh, what I'm hearing is that right now we don't have anybody who's willing – to be in office and then go do that hard work. Do we have a Ben Johnson willing to, to go into the lion's den and make that sales pitch to the American people nightly? Uh, cause right now it certainly seems like a lot of Republicans want the position, but they're not willing to do the work. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I think that's a serious part of the problem, too. Uh, throw on top of that that a lot of people that have stuck an R at the end of their name did it for political expedience based on the districts they were running in more so than any sure. loyalty to a philosophy.
1: That's right. That's absolutely right. It, it, they're, they're capitulating to what they perceive is what the people want, but they've actually got it all wrong. You've got hundreds of millions of families in this nation that are sick over our education system and what our children are being taught and how they're being programmed to be accepting. And, you know, you've got schools, I think you've talked about it before out there now, put litter boxes in the hall because some kid says, I'm a cat, you know, Just, just the utter insanity of where, our morality has gone and, and the way we as Americans think anymore. Pastors, I've had this conversation with pastors. I blame a lot of this on pastors and preachers because they won't stand in the pulpit and speak the truth. They're acquiescing to social, uh, to, to social demands. I'll give you a classic example back to the gay thing for a minute. But if you go to Wikipedia and look up the list of Christian denominations in this nation that are now ordaining gay pastors and performing gay marriages in their churches, it, it's and, and if there's one thing in the Bible that God was really clear about, and I did not want to go down a rabbit hole here, but you know what the Bible says about this, if there's any place in America where this should be spoken out against, it's in the clergy, it's in the churches, but they're not even doing it. So if our clergy is not protecting our moral standards and our decency in this country, who's left? Who's really left to do it when you think about it? I mean, mean, when uh, you have the Episcopalians and the Presbyterians and the and the Methodists and everybody else lining up, performing what, if you're a Christian and you read the Bible, is nothing less than sin, we're in trouble. I mean, we're in deep trouble. We have nobody speaking the truth anymore.
0: Well, it's because of policies and that moral rot that we literally had just this week Hans Smith. He's a, a pastor at Victory Chapel First Phoenix uh, Church in Glendale, Arizona. He was out on the corner uh, preaching gospel, uh, trying to bring people in for a Wednesday night meeting, and he got shot in the head for preaching the gospel. Oh my standing God. on it's unbelievable. But you're right. It's almost dangerous for the people that are willing to stand up and do it because we've become so permissive and we have that lack of moral clarity. In fact, we've created this, uh, this false precept of moral equivalency. And, you know, we've kind of taken up a big chunk now, and I don't think we have adequate time to go into it. But what I wanted to touch on with you before we made for the break was this current ongoing mess with people literally going into the streets and supporting Hamas, because we haven't had a chance to talk on air since the uh, October 7th uh, Hamas attacks on Israel, and my big concern hasn't even been so much that, okay, well, here's Hamas doing what Hamas does it was the only thing really surprising is that they were as successful as they were and that the ceasefire managed to last from 2005 until 2013. Uh, That was a bit mind-boggling, but everything else is still exactly what they do and being who they are. But we've seen such a reaction by uh, political left here in this country from the academic – Field from students, and they're going around and they're chanting stuff. And the most recent uh, event that a lot of folks were talking about uh, this little TikTok bit where folks were, Oh, uh, I went and read Osama bin Laden's letter to America, and oh, it changed my life, it blew my mind. Oh, America is so bad. Uh, first of all, I, I think maybe. One of the people in these videos might have actually read the letter. I don't think the rest of them did. But this notion of moral equivalency is so damaging because when you try to bring real morality to the conversation, all of a sudden you're an extremist and you're a weirdo, and and it's horrific. And I think that you've hit the nail on the head with exactly that point. Uh, We'll need to go ahead and and – take a break here in just a moment but before we do that you're 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 going to have to let me
1: respond to this Hamas thing, you're going to have to give me a moment to respond to that
0: yeah, go right right ahead
1: (laughs) okay Uh, look Israel gave the Gaza Strip to what they want to refer to as the Palestinians gave it Mm -hmm. to them taught them how to make it fertile Gave them money. They even take when their terrorists do stupid things on Israel's soil. They'll even put them in their own hospitals and treat them and heal them from their wounds from being stupid. They they've done everything in the world bent over backwards to take care of the Palestinians. And what do the Palestinians do? They know where Hamas headquarters is. They know where they launch the rockets from. They know all this stuff. They know about the tunnels and everything. And yet they don't say a word. They let Jews die. They let rockets rain down on uh, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and other cities. And they don't say a word. So, no, they, the Israel people the Jewish people have every right to defend their land, defend their people, and eradicate these animals that chop babies' heads off in beds. And for American people to be out protesting and these professors at Harvard and these other colleges encouraging this garbage, they should be banned and thrown out and have their contracts canceled and never be allowed to be a professor again, in my opinion. And the American people need to be ashamed, whoever it is that's out protesting on behalf of Palestine, because there was no Palestine nation. Israel gave that land to them and created that space for them to be happy and grow crops and Build hotels on the beaches on the beautiful Mediterranean. Build a casino, make some money, do something productive. No, they want to kill Jews. I'm sorry, I do not support this. That's my that's my speech on it.
0: And it 's quite a fine speech, too, sir. I agree a hundred percent and then some all right we 're going to take a break here in just one quick second, but before I do that, I need to remind you the holiday season is upon us, and if you 've been waiting on a great deal on one of my favorite pieces of gun gear you've really got to go check out this holiday special promotion going on over at Vanish Holsters. They're doing this awesome, awesome deal where you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount and then get a second for 50% off that already low discounted price. Yes, that's right. It's a perfect deal if you want to own and uh, use the world's most comfortable holster and give one to a friend or family member just in time for the holidays. Promise you're going to love this holster more than any other holster your own, and the reason why is because you can use it to carry almost any gun that you want, and you can do it in absolute comfort. In fact, it's so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing it. That's why they call it the Vanish Holster. It, ho- it works 99% of all semi-automatic handguns, works without a tactical belt, lets you carry in multiple positions, and it lets you counsel, uh, conceal Two fully loaded magazines, just in case you need a quick reload. Best of all, comes with a money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, you can get your money back with their hassle-free return policy. It is a holiday deal, though. It will expire soon. So, you know, let's be real. We know what's going on out there in the country. You know, criminals are more emboldened than ever, and the threat of terrorism is losing, looming larger than ever. Don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster is uncomfortable. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P so they know I sent you and activates that $40 discount before that special holiday deal. We'll be right back.
1: Hello America. This is Kim Crow, a conservative daily briefing and you are listening to Tim tap tap into the truth.
5: In recent years, much has been done to try and eradicate our Thanksgiving holiday. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. As a little boy growing up in Cleveland, my dad taught me about the importance of Thanksgiving. He often reminded me that although there are those who hate our republic, but for some reason never have the intestinal fortitude to leave, but we the people are blessed to have been born in this land of plenty, where our Bill of Rights enumerates our inalienable rights. And the Constitution places restraints on government, or is supposed to. Dad would also talk to me about great Americans like the Pilgrims and Abraham Lincoln, who were motivated to declare days of thanksgiving and prayer. And other great Americans like Frederick Douglass, who grew to love and give thanks for being in America despite the worldwide practice of slavery. Dad taught me that if we as Americans have problems, we should seek providential guidance and give thanks to, for our real solutions, so that we would always be that sweet land of liberty and justice for all. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Follow me via Truth Social at the Edwards Notebook One. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of
4: impact reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable,
5: and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven constitutional grounds the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother richer healthier and less acetic coffee our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup simply go to blueagecoffeecrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the re10 promo code and you will receive a 10 percent discount remember
2: So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley. And at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina, with my father, McBoone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well,
5: my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say i got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you.
2: I'm Andrew Krabschut, CEO of RedBalloon.Work. America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense,
0: then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at redballoon.org. I'm Andrew Krabs. Wait,
2: no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabsch- from redballoon.org. Check us out today.
0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons.
5: This is Amy Hollum.
0: This is AZ. Sharing the night together.
3: Oh, yeah. Sharing the night together.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed sharing Friday night together. Thank you so much for being here. Of all the many places you could be, you're listening to me. And, you know, I don't have a right to command you to be here. So I appreciate your willingness to be here. Thank you so much. I do hope that you all have a fantastic upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. And I say that now because we will not be doing a live show Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, Taking the time off, going to enjoy some time with family. Uh, Doug's got his stuff going on. I'm going to do my thing, and I hope all of you guys take the time to do the same. Now, that doesn't mean I might not do a podcast or two during the week before we get there, but. Friday night. We will not be here. So remember, um, the week after that, we'll start right back up and uh, we'll be doing the things we normally do. But uh, I will miss you guys. And I kind of hope you miss me, too, a little so that you'll come back. You know what I mean? All right. Real quick, before we get back into the action. Gold has outperformed the S&P 500 and the Dow since 1971. Just. A little bit of information I thought you might want to know. Take in mind with that that all countries, central banks, major institutions, and even the International Monetary Fund own substantial gold holdings. Now, if all of the entities that control fiat currency have physical gold, you got to ask yourself, shouldn't you? I think it's a legitimate question. I mean, it provides privacy. Certainly the digital dollar that's coming won't do that. Silver and gold, they're hard money. They're outside of the government control as well. You know, the 100% government control over your money with the digital dollar that's coming is a fact. Boys and girls, pay attention to it. Gold and silver typically go up in value significantly during recessions. If you hold hard assets in your retirement accounts, it gives you more control. And, of course, it has acted as a safe haven during times of political uncertainty, deep social divides, and even war. It operates as a hedge against the volatility that you might see in the stock and bond market as well as the value of the dollar on its own. With all that in mind, you should make a call to my gold company, the Harvard Gold Group. We're talking about a company that has five-star ratings across the board from the BBB. They make it easy to buy and to sell. They have a low-price guarantee and offer up to $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchases. So call for your free investor's guide. Do ahead. Do it now. Whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or... You want to have physical gold in hand, Harvard Gold Group can take care of that for you. Now, what do you need if you're going to call them? Hey, you need that number, don't you? Give them a call at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844 977 Four six five three. Just in case you need to have it broke down, don't forget to mention promo code TAP. That's T A P P uh, when you are talking, because that will also qualify you for an additional two hundred and fifty dollars of gold or silver with a qualifying purchase, and that's on top of all the other promotional stuff they've got going on. Uh, Don't want to make that phone call? Well, then guess what? You can visit them at harvardgoldgroup.com. Don't forget in your correspondence to mention T-A-P-P when you do it. You really, really need to uh, take steps to protect your retirement and your hard-earned wealth in the age of Bidenomics. Now, with all that having been said, I do want to add one more thing to our topic that we were discussing with Ken Crow uh, before I have him remind you where you can find his work. And that is the one thing I would have liked to have had time to mention before the break is that not only uh, are all the things that he said true, but the one thing that I would have added is we also should be uh, kicking people out of the House of Representatives If they are going to be part of the Hamas caucus, they don't deserve to be able to hold a position in elected office either. Now, Ken, thank you so much for patiently waiting for me to babble uh, on and on about all that stuff. Uh, Now that you're back, before we get back into conversation, please let everybody know where they can find your work and where they can find you on social media as long as you're still inviting people to follow you.
1: Uh, Well... Okay, Twitter slash X—I don't know what to call it anymore. I guess X. Anyway, the website Elon Musk owns. It's at kwr crow at kwr crow, and uh, Facebook it's Ken Crow, the guy with the black cowboy hat on, and uh, then it's Politics dot org, and uh, yeah, that's about it for me and social media. I don't do all the other. I can barely keep up with what I got <laughs> uh, he got he got ninety two different social media platforms now, and I do good with two um but yeah and and by the way, hats off to Doug the producer uh, you got a great guy there. he is funny and he is good at his job and uh yeah, there you go i like doug Doug's good people.
0: He is. He is. I I love him. uh, I certainly uh, have uh, enjoyed uh, and thanked God as a blessing from the moment that first had interactions. Uh, He had a lot to do with uh, bringing the show on to WCET uh, back before the Vera Network became what it is today. And uh, he played a big part in that. So uh, he's been very good and very helpful uh, to me. So I'm very grateful. Uh, One of the many things I'll be giving thanks for on Thanksgiving. So before we get into another topic, uh, uh, do you have a Thanksgiving message you'd like to to hand out?
1: You know, my Thanksgiving message would take two or three hours. But uh, (laughs) America, if if you love this country and you recall what this country was, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the era of Ronald Reagan and the the great patriotism we had. I want you to think back what we were in 1985, 1987. I want you to think back what this country was. And if you're older like me, go back to June and Ward Cleaver. We're nothing like that anymore. And it's going to take everybody getting involved. Everybody needs to get involved in the preservation of this country before it's too late. And believe me, we have almost crossed that Rubicon. We are almost to the point of no return. So if you've never been involved in politics before, or you just sit back and want to be a keyboard warrior, now is the time to get out and get involved and get to work, folks and we need to be thankful for what we have, but in turn remember what it is we're thankful for and then make it happen again that's my message with God's help and a lot of sweat from great Americans we can turn this around yeah
0: yeah. in my mind we have a responsibility to uphold what uh, a lot of truly great americans did to earn and hold our freedom and liberties so i i can't uh, can't help but second your message in the most strong terms all right uh we've got at least two quick topics i wanted to get into and we'll try to squeeze sure. uh, as much as we can otherwise i did want to talk to you about your thoughts about this uh especially since you mentioned keyboard warriors a second ago this little bit of pile of poo that Uh, Nikki Haley seemed to have stepped smack dab in the middle of and is now desperately trying to uh, backtrack as much as she can when she started talking about trying to uh, basically force Internet companies uh, and social media sites in particular to give up their algorithms and uh, to remove all sources of anonymity online, which, you know, at the one point. This nation was founded by people that were really fighting the fight in the marketplace of ideas and having to use anonymity at the time. Uh, You could make the argument that without it, the marketplace of ideas goes away because you have to be careful in times like these where we appear to be, for all intents and purposes, living in a banana republic uh, as opposed to that constitutionally federated republic we're supposed to have. Uh, what were your thoughts? Is this a case of Nikki Haley's true colors kind of shining through, or is this a case of her thinking she's going to appeal to more old-school GOP types and not realizing the kind of ire that it would bring down?
1: No, I I think, Tim, when you're giving a speech, when you're giving a speech, sometimes, you know, I I gave a speech in Washington, D.C. once a number of years ago, and said something just the words came out of my mouth and I was grasping in midair, trying to put them back. And sometimes (laughs) you have a thought and you go to convey that thought and it just comes out wrong. I, I do not believe for a minute that Nikki Haley believes in, in, uh, suppression of free speech, suppression of, of privacy and, and the internet and all that. I think she had a thought. She's trying to come up with something to provide security for the country. She's trying to, in other words, I guess what I'm saying is I don't believe for a minute that Nikki Haley has any deep, dark, closeted desires to strip America of more of their rights. I don't think that I think she probably meant to say something and it just black came out wrong and now they're trying to backtrack and redirect it the way it was meant to be the first time and but she didn't make it she she stuck her foot in her mouth and and it just and I hope it doesn't cost her her campaign, but it likely could if this blows up much more.
0: Yeah, Yeah, what's really surprising to me is here she is finally starting to get the kind of traction that she appears for all intents and purposes, at least in the majority of the polls, to at worst pulled into a tie for second place and in several polls had pulled ahead into second place all by herself. Obviously, nobody's catching up with Donald Trump when it comes to the Republican primary right now, but that battle for second place still could be an important spot depending on – all the legal battles that are still going on and any potential misstep and who knows what could happen. I mean, we're still a long way off from things being settled. If, But uh, second place is a, a good place to be right now if you can hold on to it. It does kind of feel like this may cost her second place at best. Is, do you think there's much hope for her uh, in recovering from this, especially given how hypersensitive – the media is going to concentrate on this, and uh, all of her combatants are going to try to capitalize on it as the field has finally started to thin a bit.
1: Oh, there, there's no doubt that Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis and those guys, are in Vivek particularly, I mean, you know, it's blood in the water for the great white shark, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, and he's circling, I guarantee you, he's going to pounce all over this. Um, it, it could very well cost her. Uh, it cost her dearly. I hope it doesn't, because uh, I got a lot of respo- uh, respect for Ambassador Haley. Uh, I know she's not the most conservative candidate in the world, uh, but she's light years better than Joe Biden, Um But with that said, i got to say this. I honestly, and I'm sticking by my guns, I do not think Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. I really don't. Because of the trial in Florida that's coming up in March, America's not paying much attention right now to this circus going on with Letitia up in New York. They could care less. They could care less about Stormy Daniels I mean, we all know what that's about. We all know what this other thing's about. But this deal down in Mar-a-Lago, the reason that this is going to be so crushing to him is not the fact that he had documents, although he had one or two he wasn't supposed to have, but the fact that he obstructed justice by lying to the FBI. And that's where they're going to nail him. And he has two attorneys that was working for him at that time, is my understanding. And if everything's accurate, what I read months ago and up till now, these attorneys have turned and uh, they're going to testify against him that he ordered them to take these documents and do whatever. And one of these documents, it's my understanding, was the plans to invade Iran that General Milley had drafted, and the other one, one of the other ones, was regarding something to do with our nuclear secrets, our nuclear weapons. And he wasn't supposed to have either one of those. And then he lied about it. So I think personally, if that trial starts in March, it's going to doom his campaign. I think he'll be found guilty, and that will finish his campaign. That's just my opinion. So, yeah, you're correct. Second place is a very big deal. The question remains for Mr. Trump, though, can he be on all the ballots? Because California is uh, trying to pull him off the ballots. Colorado's trying to pull him in several other states. So if he's not on these ballots, how does he win enough uh, delegates to win the nomination?
0: Right. Yeah, it's been real interesting, too. We've seen this uh, battle going on in several states, and uh, they keep coming back that uh, he can be on the Republican primary ballot, but that there's no guarantee they still would allow him on the the main ticket when it comes time for the general uh, something else that a lot of people just aren't talking about either, and, and it's the reason why Hillary Clinton got to be the nominee rather than Bernie Sanders, who was literally cleaning her clock when they were running in the primary uh, against uh, what ended up being Hillary versus Trump uh, back in the – oh, it seems like a lifetime ago, Ken. Uh, the Republican <laughs> Party could just step and decide, sorry – now, Mr. Trump, if you want to run for president, you're going to have to do it as an independent. These are still essentially private clubs who get to make decisions like this, and they don't need uh-huh. excuses to drop people from the ballot. So they they can do what they want as far as that's concerned. Uh, and a lot of people just don't like to to think about it in those terms because then you really run into the question of why do we spend so much money running elections for private clubs to decide who they want to nominate? When we should be voting for who we want, but uh yeah I, there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then, and as much as a conviction in one of these might not necessarily keep him off the ballot in a lot of places, uh the Republican party could just decide in mass, no, we're not going to nominate you. we don't care how many delegates you sent to the convention uh real quick uh as we're you know as it happens, good conversation. It goes by way too fast, and it's been pretty good tonight talking to you, Ken. Uh, not that it ever isn't, mind you, but uh, uh, how are things going for Robert Kennedy Jr.?
1: Well, funny you should mention that. That's a $64 question. Here's what's happened since we last talked. As you're aware, Dennis Kucinich left his campaign. He was his national campaign manager. Dennis is an old political sage who is very, very wise and and very sharp at what he does and very good. Why he left, we don't know. Uh, nobody in the campaign knows. So then Mr. Kennedy brings in his daughter-in-law to be the national campaign manager. His daughter-in-law has never even run a campaign for dog catcher. Let alone Senate, Congress, or the U.S. presidency. And when she came on, we began losing the upper-level staff that was very experienced. Uh, uh, the national grassroots lady—you uh, know—the the, she was head of all, everything. Uh, on the ground nationally, uh, she had managed and run dozens of congressional and Senate races. Her husband was a longtime serving congressman in Southern California, and she ran all his campaigns. Very sharp lady, very, very sharp lady. Her name was Rhonda Rohrbacher, and her husband is Dana Rohrbacher, the famous conservative blowtorch from Orange County. Um, she's gone, Is the rest of the staff for that is gone, then I'll be very candid with you. They laid me off the other day in Iowa because when he went independent, Iowa became a flyover state with only six electoral votes, and they didn't need anybody in Iowa. They have uh, one young man that's uh, managing to round up volunteers for him and what have you. Right now, to be honest with you, I see the campaign, even though the poll numbers seem to be garnering a little more support and he's gaining a little more traction. Uh, I don't, I, I see him having a lot of problems right now. And it's going to take some serious people to work him out if he's going to be a serious contender. I I don't see it happening, to be honest with you, because he got rid of all of his people unless he's able to bring more people in that do have a lot of experience. The daughter-in-law, her experience lies in the fact that she worked for the CIA as a spy for about 15 years, Mm -hmm. apparently. I'm dead serious. He hired his daughter-in-law to be his national campaign manager,
0: who was a CIA spook. That's pretty wild. Uh, It it certainly seems like it's an uphill climb for him at this point. Of course, he knew it was going to be the minute he decided to go independent. I'd say a lot of the people that are leaving still like the idea of being involved and having positions in the Democratic Party. In fact, when you talk about Dennis Chersinich, for example, you're talking about somebody that would like to see the return of the old school democratic party where you know maybe you and i as conservatives didn't agree with them on what the role of government should be but at least we didn't doubt that they loved the country and and in their own twisted ways they were wrong about stuff but they wanted to do what's best current party doesn't seem that way Uh, i want to
1: be on the record saying i think mr kennedy should have stayed within the party he should have gone on the attack and called the party out for what they were trying to do by disenfranchised millions of votes and I think he could have turned the public against the party and forced the party into submission I think he could have done that with his popularity I really do I don't think he should have gone independent I think he should have stayed with his roots and gone to war on behalf with his name and his credentials and his his legacy. Mm. He could have defeated the Democrat Party, and and gotten their support. I believe that with all my heart. I think he made a mistake going independent. That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you're probably right, Ken. Uh, not that that's a rare occurrence either, but uh, it, it really is a situation where. It's extremely unlikely that Joe Biden is the nominee. Come time for the general election, uh, they seem to be trying to to decide whether or not uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, is capable of doing it or not. He certainly seems to be getting his training from uh, China, well, <laughs> and it seems have to be you heard, quite
1: well. They they have gone to. Where where is Barack Obama's house on the ocean? Where where is that? Newport Beach or Long Island or someplace? Anyway, uh, that
0: Martha's Vineyard twenty
1: million dollar. Okay, Martha's Vineyard a little twenty million dollar summer house he's got. They've gone up there. The party has, and party officials have gone up there. They are twisting Michelle Obama's arm to run. They are yeah. trying desperately to get her to run or him to run. <laughs> whatever <laughs> anyway they're trying to get michael slash michelle to run <laughs> sorry bad humor
0: um, ken we're, we're out of time i'm gonna have to call right. it right here uh again well we we need to get back together a little more often we'll have you back on soon uh in Absolutely. the meanwhile I'll, thank you so much for being here sir
1: It's my pleasure, and again, very happy Thanksgiving to you and Doug and all the crew at Tap Into the Truth, and we are thankful you do what you do, my friend. Thank
0: you. Uh, Well, thank you. That's a high honor. All right, everybody, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in a little effort. And use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. God bless America. And we'll be back the week after Thanksgiving.
3: using both